Hello there and welcome into the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Maller. And as always, we are the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. Today, I am delighted to be welcoming in Betsy Cerullo to the show. And Betsy is an entrepreneur, she's a CEO, and she's now an author as well. And we're going to get to all the fantastic things that Betsy's done in her career and what she has to bring to the show here in just a minute. But before that, let me tell you all about Career Competitor, the service. That's right. So we have just finished the first quarter of 2022 and the company is established. We are on our way as a service, as a coaching service specific to both performance and life coaching. In addition to that, we offer culture consulting as well. And I keep saying we like there's all these members of staff, but it's just me. But at the same time, I'm just so ambitious and so excited to continue to build off the already significant success I've been able to build for the company. We've got a few clients now. It's exciting. Things are happening. But at the end of the day, this isn't about them and this isn't about me. It's about you. Where are you in your life at the moment that could maybe warrant some coaching? Why not find out if it is for you by just simply reaching out to me at steve at careercompetitor.com. That's steve at careercompetitor.com. And we can set up a free 30-minute consultation that will allow for you to present exactly where you are currently within your life, whether it be something pertaining to your life in general, or maybe it is a performance issue, something that you specifically want to target and focus on that we can work through in a collaborative coaching manner. So again, feel free to reach out to me anytime, steve at careercompetitor.com, and we'll sit down, we'll have a consultation and we'll figure out why it is that working with Career Competitor is the right thing for you to be doing. Now let's get back to my guest, Betsy Cerullo, on this episode of the show. And Betsy has now been the CEO of AdNet AccountNet since 1990. And in that time, AdNet AccountNet has been providing the full range of staffing solutions from contractual and temporary staff augmentation services to the direct hires and executive level placements as well. Betsy's story has been built upon recognizing issues, recognizing adversities within the workplace and attacking them head on, creating opportunities within different communities that otherwise had it not been for the work of people like Betsy would never have existed. And I don't want to go too much more into her story because she does a fantastic job in terms of the detail of providing her story and the legacy that she's been paving for herself. But what I do want to make you aware of here within this particular conversation is the notion of perspective, being able to see things from as many different perspectives as possible, having the willingness to stop, step back, remove yourself from situations and ask, am I seeing things from every type of perspective? And you're going to learn not only through Betsy's story, but just also her book, Shake It Off Leadership, Achieving Success through the eyes of our labels. You're gonna hear as she starts to explain the book that this is how it's been written from the perspective of someone that is able to see that other people's perspectives are not being considered. And that type of empathetic mindset is something that you should know by now if you've been a consistent listener with this show. We have plenty of space for that type of mindset. That is what we're about here on this show is creating and paving opportunities for others to have those opportunities in life where they can make an impact and Betsy's been doing that for her entire career quite frankly and with so many insights and so much fantastic knowledge to share with us 
into challenges on this particular episode. I don't want to delay introducing Betsy any longer. So let's just get to that by introducing Betsy Cerullo to the Career Competitor Podcast. And I hope you all enjoy. Okay, well, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Betsy Cerullo to the Career Competitor Podcast. Firstly, Betsy, how are we doing today? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited about our conversation. Absolutely. Me as well, Betsy. Me as well. And we're going to be talking a lot about leadership. And uh, so much of the content actually on this show recently has been coming from a coaching mindset. And and here mm-hmm. I am again speaking with someone that has coaching in their background. But before yes. I start trying to explain your career and your where you are today on your behalf, Betsy, why don't you just go ahead and do that for us? Oh, thank you. Well, I'm happy to say that I finally released my first leadership book, Shake It Off Leadership, Achieving Success Through the Eyes of Our Labels. So that has been a long time coming over the past five years. So that felt really, really good for me to now put my experiences on paper and in a book. Yeah. Uh, my day job is I'm the CEO and founder of a company called AdNet AccountNet, we are a federal government contractor. We are, our expertise is in professional staffing and executive search. So our work is really in finding the best people for the best workplaces. And our, and our typical focus is on accounting and finance, human resources and legal. And we have this wonderful niche in legal for um, EEOC work and reasonable accommodation. So we are the teams that come in and support employees who are blind or deaf. Wow, wonderful! What a wonderful, uh, wonderful mission that you that you guys have there. Let's let's start there then. Let's start with your yeah. whole background with the with the company before we dive into the books. I'm I'm obviously very keen to do that, mm-hmm. but let's start with the the history of of your career and and really what put you in a position to say, okay, this is the type of organization that I would like to create. I'm always fascinated by that, where these ideas come from, and really mm-hmm. what gets this whole journey of yours to where you are today going. Well, you know, I've been, my company just turned 32. Can't believe that time has passed by so quickly. And uh, yeah, I graduated college in the early 80s and then went into the banking industry, which is interesting because my dad and my oldest brother were were bankers. Um, But I got into that field doing accounting work, converting computer systems to different software. It was boring. I didn't like it, you know, but had to have a paycheck. Mm -hmm. So I did it for a while. I worked for um, a jerk. You know, I was part of a small business and he was just the typical bad story that you would hear of, uh, you know, a misogynistic, racist, bigot guy. Mm. And I've, I've, um, I think I've met him before. Yeah, I know you probably <laughs> probably. And I worked for him for not even a year. I think he just pushed my buttons too far. And I just walked out one day and mm. just said, you know, heck with you, I'm not gonna be treated this way. Mm. So um, that was like my first real, real experience of horrible harassment and uh, discrimination. So, you know, I quit my job, went home. My mom said, you got two weeks to find a job because I lived at home. So um, I got into the recruiting industry because not a lot of people were wanting to hire even a recent college grad with about a year experience. Mm -hmm. So I went to work for a company, a national firm that placed accounting and finance people since that was my background. And I fell in love with it. I just, you know, I was the one that handled all the college graduates because since I was a recent college grad, those 
folks respected me and yeah. I absolutely loved it. And I worked hard. I worked a lot of overtime and, you know, the first year was the hardest. And then you start seeing the, the commissions to come in. And I was making a lot of money as a, as a person in my twenties. Yeah. So great experience. Um, the, the, interesting part there is that there was a separation of people that did the temp side of that business, which was usually the women and the high rolling big commissions on the executive search side was the guys. Mm. I had a great relationship with all of them. I loved the owner of the company. You know, when you're a high producer, you tend to get a little bit more respect from the higher ups and they notice you. So, um, there was one time I brought in a really big customer. I think it was Citibank or Citicorp and they wanted some executive search business. And they said, yeah, we got to hand it over to the executive search side. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> but I brought it in. Yeah. Right. You can't got to go over the other side. Like, nope. And I, and I fought back my manager, the VP who was a woman. And I just said, look, let me make you a deal. Give me 24 hours to see what kind of candidates I come up with. If after 24 hours, I don't, come up with anything i get it but but just give me 24 hours please and you know she's like you know i'm not supposed to do this but all right and i came up with some candidates and they let me take it the whole way and i ended up making the placement so um and it wasn't like i could i was allowed to do that all the time but i had a carve in my place that you know put your money where your mouth is so if i was going to step out and say look give me a chance I came through and um, it was a lot of hard work, but you yeah. know, I'm, I'm still from that premise that if something really means a lot to you, you got to work hard for it. Yeah. Nobody gives you anything. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you've obviously not lost that. And it's going <laughs> to, obviously it's, uh, it, it, it's clearly supporting you well. And as the CEO uh, at the moment, and what I am hearing though, from that, just those initial beginnings is someone that, saw themselves saw themselves in an area and felt as though you were being underrepresented and right. I, I think that is something that even to this day you know you said here you've been going for 32 years yeah graduated in the in the early 80s and yet here we are today 2022 yeah. and yeah. in your opinion would you say that we're still dealing with this yes yeah and, you know, I, I get a lot of respect for you as a Caucasian male to acknowledge it because mm. it's here. And I can tell you I'm far more resilient and I'm wiser having to be on that side, unfortunately. But this is this is where I'm at. So yeah. I, I think we can we can keep fighting for it. But if I keep letting it hold me back, I'm going to stay back. So now I'm on a position in my career and my life where I have some influence, where I have a really good reputation, a company with an outstanding reputation mm -hmm. that's not created just from me, but the people that work within the company. So it's a collective effort. Um, people will now listen or take my calls because of what I do. I'm also the co-founder of the Maryland LGBT Chamber of Commerce and the Maryland LGBT Foundation. So mm -hmm. even in the LGBT world, CEOs of companies will take my calls because I have credibility, you know, I've earned it. Um, but it's not that, okay, well, 
I have this many years experience and yes, I've earned the credibility, but I've really put my butt on the line many times. You know, I've taken the risk I've gotten, I've sat on panels and I, you know, and I talk about my company that I'm LGBT owned in federal government space during the Trump era, when that was not exactly, you know, the, the, the most welcoming time, but I did it anyway, because I have nothing to hide. And if someone's going to discriminate or not want to do business with me, I'd rather know it up front than waste my time and find out later on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, like to to take what we were just talking about there and, and that initial premise of seeing yeah. seeing yourself, you're, you're not just seeing yourself, but you're representing yourself too. And I think that's huge. That's a huge mm-hmm. point to make, a, to make to people listen to this is that there's always going to be these areas that you can see a void of some sort, or you can mm-hmm. see a misrepresentation of some sort. But are you willing to actually go that extra step yourself and be the voice, be the representation right. of that gap? And that's clearly what you've been doing now for over three decades, which yes. is just incredible. And, and hearing all these different areas that you've been able to create and build off just because of this, these movements that you've been facilitating is, is, is honestly phenomenal. And Again, I got to know most of this prior to the interview, but it's wonderful now for our listeners to be hearing all of this from you uh, themselves. And let's just bring it now more towards where you are today with this Mm -hmm. book, because obviously so much of what you've been doing for for the last 32 years with the company has been through leading and has been through showing what it means to do something in order to get people to do what it is you want from them. So let's just talk talk firstly about where did the idea come from from the book? Because again, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of just knowing where ideas originate, as you can probably tell already. So just t- mm-hmm. tell me a little bit first, Betsy, where the idea came from. Well, the term "shake it off," mm. and you've had a career in sports, coaching sports. Mm. So how many times did you scream from the sideline, "Shake it off"? You yeah. know, I mean, it's it's what I Enough. heard all the time, mm-hmm. and you just learn how to shift on a dime when you're you're in sports and and it was something that always stayed with me and you know even even in conversation over the years talking to somebody yeah you got just got to shake it off so that term shake it off was well before taylor swift penned her awesome song right <laughs> so it was around it was around the same time that i wrote my book and i thought oh my god am i gonna get in trouble here but um found out that i wasn't it was totally you know different concept um but I just find that even even now I'll have a, a scenario in business or within my company and it might it might irk me and I just said you know sh- shake it off bets just shake it off and let's go on to something else so it's that term those words have a lot of value to have us let go of certain things and move on now I'm not saying that there's things that you can't, you don't continuously reflect on, yeah. but you know, like your, your history or, or a, a traumatic event that triggers something in the current time, but you can have that experience and you can, you know, gracefully and eloquently shake it off and move to what's next while knowing that it's still there. And that's, mm. that's, I'm sorry, that that's part of you, but you, you've got to get on with what's next. If you have a goal, if you're, look, if you're satisfied to be where you are, that's your choice. Mm. But like you, like myself, and probably a lot of your listeners, 
we have goals, we have dreams. So to get there, you, you've got to keep taking new steps and, and test your endurance. Mm. Yeah. And I like the reflective piece. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the reflection um, when it comes to these things, because one thing I love that you gave the example of just me as a, as a coach when I was working with athletes. Yes, in the moments, I would always scream something along the lines of shake it off. But part of my coaching process was to always pull those individuals to one side afterwards and try to get on their level and see if they could understand why it was that I was speaking to them the way I was and why I was challenging them the way that I was choosing to. And in your situation, and again, this is just me assuming here a little bit, but all these encounters that you dealt with through the years of seeing these gaps in the industries where you felt there was misrepresentation, in those moments you were having to shake it off, but you weren't just leaving that thought in the moment you were taking that thought with you you were reflecting on that thought afterwards as well and i think that is the power in this shake it off is that it's almost like a presence of mind to shake it off mm-hmm. but then the challenge is to then go away and say well what am i going to learn from that moment what am i going right. to take from that moment so just build off that for me if you will betsy what does that reflective piece look like to you well part of the reflection is I also have to know my audience. So I might've had a situation that triggers me and I might go into a business environment with somebody that's leading a conversation who, in my opinion, I might think is a jerk Mm. or, you know, uh, the thump your chest bravado. Mm. It's all about me, narcissist. And so there's times when I have come across people like that male and female but if I'm if I'm advocating for women and I and I get into a conversation with a man that that maybe doesn't get it or his opinion is, you know, women are always complaining or and believe me, I've heard a lot of things like that and worse. I will say, how would you feel if your daughter or granddaughter was treated like that? And that's where I get them to stop. Yeah. You know what? I kick that guy's ass, you know, you, you know what I mean? Because I mean, yeah. when you, when you bring it back to something that's personal or, or your, or one of your kids is impacted mm-hmm. and I have, I have two kids and I have three grandkids. Mm. So you, you don't mess with my kids. And I know you <laughs> the same way. The same way. Yeah. So, so that's what I do. And that's usually where, where I would get that, that individual to listen more mm. and say, I wouldn't like it. Okay. So, so let's put, let's put your daughter in the shoes of this conversation that we're having here in this meeting. What would you want to see happen? Well, usually it's a, well, I would want her to get every opportunity. If she doesn't work hard, then that's her fault. But if she's, if she is tough and working hard, like I know she does, she deserves it. Okay. So, so do I, Mm. so do I. And there, and then usually I get, you know what? I get it. I understand. Mm. Yeah. I, I, so, it, well, I'm a huge fan of empathy myself, and that's what I'm hearing right now. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just all empathy, and then some of the work that I do from a culture consulting standpoint now stems from this very much a movement of getting leaders to see things empathetically, and it's not it's not been tried and tested. Sadly, it's something that is mm-hmm. very new, still something that is coming with a ton of growing pains. But yeah. hearing hearing you talk about your journey again 
so many stories like yours, Betsy's, are proof of someone so far ahead of their time when it comes to this empathetic mind right. and being able to see things from all perspectives and putting yourself in the place of the person mm -hmm. that is underrepresented or undervalued, whatever it may be. Right. So much of that, sadly, has to come from experiencing something incorrectly first to then actually get it. And that's mm -hmm. the sad part of this whole story. So I don't want to talk too much about that because I'm starting to go down a path that changes the narrative, let's say, of this, of this whole interview. But at the same time, when you wrote this book, and mm -hmm. I know it's now, it's been out for a few months now, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, for a few months. What has been that reaction to, to this whole philosophy that you're approaching in the book? Some of it has been for people that I know, you know what? I didn't know that about um, how you grew up. Or then I'll get, oh my God, let me tell you about my mother. Yeah. You know, or or what they what they experienced in their household growing up. So I will have people that now really didn't know didn't know a lot about my personal life will be really appreciative of that. I've I've definitely had feedback, especially on some of the podcasts about grief. Uh, because we don't talk about grief in the workplace. You know, you have a bereavement leave policy, give some bereavement leave, come on back up. Everything is okay. Let's get right. going. And that's not what grief is. Mm -hmm. Grief shows up anytime it darn well pleases. And it could be years down the road, mm -hmm. but we have to, it's almost like it's a, it's a thing that you check off the list. Mm. So I wanted to be able to, to draw upon real life experiences that I have experienced in not just myself, but my, my employees. So grief is, grief is one thing. Um, you know, we, we talk about family of origin, of course, everybody brings their, their own uh, personal biases to a workplace. And there's times that like, you know, our workplace is a very healthy culture. But if someone comes into our workplace that's used to being in toxicity, they don't know how to deal with our workplace because they're not used to open communication because they're afraid that if they have if they communicate openly, they're going to get smacked down. Mm -hmm. So this has happened sometimes over the past 10 years where very few times where someone has just it, it hasn't worked out mm -hmm. because they don't know what to do with open communication or, or, you know, like I said, a healthy workplace. Mm. Yeah. So, and that's, that's, uh, and that's almost uh, the, the, the area that I kind of resisted to go. It's kind of the result, sadly, of those stories is, mm -hmm. um, is, is someone that doesn't even know how to bring, they don't even know what their best self is to actually bring to the workplace. And, and so much right. of what you're talking about here is the ability to have a work environment where authenticity is welcome. And, yes. and, you know, you can be your truest self. And for me, it's, it's literally a fabric of my being. I love to talk about it. I love hearing someone who's such a, a trailblazer of it in, in yourself, Betsy. And the, the part now I'd love just to learn a little bit more about, too, mm -hmm. is how you talk about achieving success through the eyes of our labels. So just give us a few examples, maybe, of, of these labels that you're, you're referencing here in the title. So the obvious for me, I'm a woman, um, LGBTQ, I identify as lesbian, um, my age, you know, I'm sure. 60. Uh, I don't have, I don't have brown hair anymore. And that's, <laughs> and that's a source of pride that took time to right. adjust to. Right. So, you know, and, and there's, there's people in my workplace, we are a very diverse workplace from, you know, um, 
women of color, uh, Asian American, LGBT uh, women, and you know, so so there's a there's a lot of rich diversity in the workplace, and it and it works so well because everyone really really respects that. Um, when when we interview people, we interview right off the bat with listening for, you know, tell me about the workplace you've come from. Tell me what you like, tell me what you didn't like. And, you know, we, we ask some questions and we kind of lay the groundwork. This, this is a very diverse workplace. So whereas 20 years ago, I did not really talk about being LGBT. Now it's right up front. Mm. This is an LGBT woman-owned firm. How are you going to feel working for for a gay woman? And right. usually, usually there's no issue, mm. but I say it right up front because I'll say, if you think that's going to be an issue for you, this isn't going to be the place for you. And it's okay, but I want I want to set the stage up front. Right. Yeah. So we've had, uh, I, I just, just an incredible group of people from different walks of life. And I think because of that, we're much stronger because we know what, how to listen for, for different issues from our customers, from our contractors. Um, but one thing I am going to put in there about the labels, boundaries. Mm. So we are always working on boundaries in our workplace because you can be empathetic, you can care for people, you can you can love your team, um, but you have to have boundaries. We're dealing with individuals who, in a workplace, who do their work are also have personal lives, have lives that are treasured to them. Yeah, there has to be a point that you have to be very careful about blending the two because it's not always healthy when people cross those boundaries. I've certainly seen things occur in my workplace over the years where the lines have gotten crossed and what that has done is impacted our objectivity. So, you know, you tend to, you know, if you, if the boundaries get too gray, then what happens is, well, you just keep cutting someone slack or you're not asking the right questions to listen for what could be a problem. So we've, we've had to have some, you know, some difficult conversations over the years with employees about boundaries, because if, if you cross them too many times, it can, they can do more damage. You might think you're being somebody's friend, but it's, it doesn't, it doesn't serve leadership or the work yeah and at the end of the day we're, we're talking about delivering performance you know there's a there's yes. a performance aspect to all of this there's results involved there's measures of success involved and you know i've i've frequently visited this very same discussion with 18 to 22 year olds as part of a college swim team because they want to be friends with everybody. And it's like, that doesn't exist. I'm sorry, I have to burst that bubble at the age of 18, 19. But simply, mm -hmm. you don't find success by being friends with everybody. Can you have respect? All of these things that you're talking about, that absolutely uncompromised respect from day one, of course you can. But yes. that doesn't necessarily mean we need to cross those boundaries consistently between work and obviously the personal side of things. So I, I love how you emphasize that and brought, brought attention to that because I think that is something that, 
people need to hear. And again, as we start to discuss empathy more and more in the workplace, these mm-hmm. are the types of hurdles that are probably going to come up. And yeah. it's it's important to address them sooner rather than later to uh, obviously avoid these these larger potential issues down the road. But um, Betsy, this has been some just awesome content. Uh, as you can hopefully tell, I'm, I'm here for all of it. I'm just enjoying all <laughs> of it. Um, but before I let you go, I, I just want to kind of give you the floor in terms of who who it is that's going to be benefiting from this book the most because i'm sure you've always had that sort of idea this is my audience this is where i want to target so just talk us through that a little bit well it's a couple different groups i definitely am targeting women you know women who are in some kind of transition whether that's the up and coming whether someone who is wanting to leave corporate to go into a business someone who's in business and needs to kick it up a couple Mm. notches um women and any individual who is in some type of relationship, and it could be a business relationship because I've had not good ones too, Mm. uh, that you need to change something because it's just not working. Um, I really, the the LGBTQ community, there's, there's so, and, and, and diverse groups, especially the young kids that, well, you know, everyone seems to be a kid compared to me now, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, but the up and coming who've got, who have these big dreams and they're finding that they're getting some doors slammed in their face Mm. because they're from a diverse group. I I just want to emphasize to, to young people like that, you can get to the other side of it. You can navigate through it. You can get around it Mm. and you have to surround yourself with people that have demonstrated it because you can read a million books and there's a lot of good books out there, but you got to surround yourself with people who you can kind of experientially learn from rather than yeah. just reading it. Yeah. So, so that's really important to me. And, you know, I really hope that there would be someone out in the world that picks, gets a hold of the book who, who may have a bias on any of the groups that I've talked about. And if I have opened up one person's mind or soul or heart, to think differently and behave differently, then to me, that's a big win. Cause there's just, there's too much racism, bigotry, misogyny and hate out there. And I just think if we keep coming at it with, with positive messages, hopefully we can soften that up. Yeah. Well, I, that, that's a wonderful message. Um, and anyone who's been listening to this show for the last 125 episodes will know that, uh, this is a, a hate-free podcast. Let's put it that way. We uh, we are all about love and uh, certainly advancement. And and one thing I'm hearing here as well, just from this target audience, is that you're really empowering people to become their own boss, become their own leader. You know, right. in terms of taking taking true responsibility for their careers, seeing things from enough perspectives where they're not going to necessarily fall into uh, you know traps along the way, and, and and be able to really just empower themselves each step of the way and and give themselves as many opportunities as possible to be successful. And if there's some Absolutely. education that comes with the book too, then we're all better for it. So that's definitely, definitely. that's wonderful, Betsy. And uh, before, before I let you go, where can people buy the book? Tell people where people can get it. So my book, you can buy it on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, usually the, the main, the main online outlets. If you go to my website, www.betsycerulo.com, that's where you can get it. I have a free workbook on that website. If you can download it. Yeah. And the book is also in, uh, audible. I narrate it myself. So, you know, there's some inflection in my voice and some of the humorous parts. (laughs) That's good. That's good. So it's it's like me, I'm, I'm, I'm from England, so I'm, 
completely <laughs> fluent in uh, you know sarcasm. So it, it sometimes it's not necessarily transfers through text <laughs> right. and things like that. So it's uh, it's good to have audio sometimes. So I, I love that, Betsy, and I appreciate all the information. We'll make sure all that information is in the show notes as well, so people can yeah. access that as easily as possible. But it's been an absolute pleasure, and thank you again so much pleasure. for your time, Betsy. And thank you so much. I appreciate it. And my thanks to Betsy again for joining us on the show today. And before I let you go here, guys, firstly, of course, go and check out Betsy's book. Get yourself a copy of Shake It Off Leadership, Achieving Success Through the Eyes of Our Labels. But we never really got onto the idea of how Betsy can maybe take some of these teachings and these lessons and these insights of hers and address them in a competitive fashion. So I'm going to try and do that based on the conversation myself. And as I look at all these notes that I took, and as I listen back to the conversation that we had, I get to thinking, what sort of things was Betsy doing or has been doing her entire career that allows her to not only separate herself and take action and make impact, but then also be successful on the back end of it, be in an industry and be competitive within that industry as well. And something that I came to was, very simply put, getting others to listen. Getting others to listen. Now, you not, you may not be in a situation where you need to take action for something that is wrong. You may simply be in a situation where you have a great idea. You may be in a situation where you see an opportunity to take advantage of something in a healthy way, in a productive way that can benefit the masses, so to speak, and you don't know what to do about it. You need to take action. You need to step forward. You need to take that initiative to have others listen to you if they listen to you you're already one step closer to realizing whatever this potential situation is and rectifying it or taking advantage of it and making it something that can really benefit others there's so many opportunities like that on a day-to-day basis if we're willing to stop and recognize it look at those opportunities in the eye and say am i willing to demand the attention of someone else right now and get them to listen. If you can get other people to listen, you're immediately one step closer to getting other people on board, other people taking action, and slowly but shortly, these perspectives that you maybe have on things, these perspectives that you maybe share with others, they are now forming action, and that is where the power of perspective can actually come from. There has to be an end product to these perspectives that we have each and every day, So take action and find ways to get others to listen to you. So I hope that really resonates with you and it certainly should do from a competitive standpoint. But in the meantime, guys, listen, we are just hammering out so much fantastic content at the moment. But if you feel as though there's other people that could be listening to this and benefiting from it as well, you need to be sharing it. You need to be active on your social media platform so you can always at me on Instagram, career underscore competitor. You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Steve Meller. You can find me on Twitter, coach underscore Steve underscore M, the letter M for Meller. You can find me on there. All of these different opportunities for you to publicize what we are doing on this show and tag me in the process. And be sure to send the episode on to somebody else within your community as well that can benefit from some of the insights that were shared both by Betsy today on this particular episode and other episodes that you've been tuning into recently as well. In the meantime, keep up the fantastic work that you're doing. Continue to invest in yourself. Make time to reach out to me as well, Steve at Career Competitor, if you'd like to chat. Otherwise, I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.